Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my patron peeps, if you want somebody to lull you, somebody who really lulls you because you don't feel right when it's late at night and it's just you in your dreams, that's what Scoots is here for. You just want someone to lull. That's what you want. I'm here to to send, and you make it possible, patrons. So what do you say? We get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you or sends you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. And I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts, you know, that you're thinking about, things on your mind, uh, feelings, anything emotionally you're feeling, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine. You know, you got something going on, and then you got the, you know, then the, uh, you know, like uh, life stuff. Uh, life happens, uh, as as it, as so many T-shirts once said. Life uh, spelled in a different way, a, f- a different way of spelling life with four letters happens, and uh, sometimes it feels like a f- anyway, but enough. What whatever is going on. Uh, it could just be baffling. You say, what in the heck? Happened to me two nights ago. I mean, I definitely had things on my mind. Uh, and that got me. But, so I guess I do know. I said, well, I was thinking about that and that. But uh, whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of it and keep you company while you fall asleep. And the way I do it is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing eventually soothing if there's if you could do a parenthesis while you're speaking which i think i may have mastered the art of uh parentheses in a tail maybe not a tail is uh bro like hitting enter too early I did, they say scoots hits enter too early then delete by accident while he's talking parenthesis uh like a eye roll, wink, giggle emoji that hasn't been invented yet, all in one. Eyes laughing and shrugging, all in one emoji, which would be confusing, but if you spelled it out, that would be too, or emojied it out. Do you emoji it out? Uh, I'd like to emoji. You do the emoji emoji, you turn yourself around. That's what emojis are all about. Emoji. Is, is there is there an international corporation that's bought that already, like emojis? Because you could call me. Is it, I mean, I don't know. Is emoji a trademarked word? Who owns it? That that's probably some secret consortium. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Emoji Enterprises uh, Inc. Also, uh, Quantum Dynamics uh, and uh, you know Systems. Part of, it's part of the great uh, machine, uh, uh, emojis. The first part, but not the second part of what Scoot said. That's what we're all about, not the second part. Don't worry about Quantum Dynamics Incorporated. It's just a secret, you know, it's just a... Anyway, what am I talking about? Whew, uh, 
I'm here to keep you company. Oh, my voice. That's what I was doing in parentheses about. Creaky dulcet tones, not soothing creaky dulcet tones. Eventually, the parentheses were for, was that eventually they'll be, but if they grow on you, not, if, you know, actually, the creaky dulcet tones, at first you don't find them soothing, but they're so different. You say, I expect a soothing voice to be actually soothing. And I'd say, really? Because those ones, no offense to soothing voices. Uh, I don't know if I, I can't always find, I can't, find, if something's supposed to be soothing, it just doesn't soothe me. I'll be honest with you. So that's why, the, the, well, the creaky dulcet tones are just what I got. Pointless meanders, I got even more of those. Superfluous tangents, I mean, you've seen them. They're spilling out of me. Some people have rhymes spilling out of them. I have pointless meanders and superfluous tangents. Uh, I'm, I, I, dry, I, I don't just drop them. Like, intentionally, they spill, like, uh, you say, Scoots, does your cup overfloweth? And I say, yeah, with pointless meanders and superfluous tangents, half words. It's... Uh, it's, quite, it's overflowing. That's why I made a podcast to 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 keep it uh, to put a good use to it. Okay, but if you're new, you're probably very mixed up, and you might be ambivalent. You might be having strong feelings. Totally understandable. You might be skeptical or doubtful or frustrated. That's how most people arrive at this show. Why wouldn't you be? Because you probably dealt with a lot of different stuff to try to help you fall asleep. You're probably already frustrated if you're here. And I'm here to help, but but I'm going to give you a bunch of information now to try to not put your skepticism or doubt at ease, but to say, well, let's just, can I see how it goes? And that's the first thing is uh, hundreds of thousands of people have messaged me over the, whatever, eight years I've been making the show. Hey, it took two or three tries for me to get used to the podcast. First, I didn't like it, or I, I was trying to make sense of it. So if you can, give it a few tries and see how it goes. If you can get in that mindset right now, just go with, like, it's not like going with flow. It's kind of watching the flow passively. Just barely listen. This isn't so much a podcast where the bedtime story starts and I start to wind you down. It's more like a friend talking in the deep, dark night that you, that you don't have to listen to or background noise that you could listen to. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? You have a friend, you call them when you want, you call them when you need, but they, they you, you don't have to listen to them. They just talk and they don't actually, they're like, yeah, no, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for you to now, you could listen to me, but you don't need to. So that's one thing that's also hard if you're new. Other thing is this is a podcast really doesn't put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company whether you're awake or asleep. So that's why the shows are over an hour. I'm here to the very end. So if you can't sleep, I'm here to keep you company. And if you're not listening, I'm here to keep you company. If you're asleep, I'm here to keep you company. I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, boar bruh. Your Borber or your neighbor, as a lot of people on Twitter say, that like, uh, but yeah, I'm here to keep you company so you can drift off or so that you feel less alone in the deep, dark night. And why do I do that? Because you're important. Uh, and I think, I don't think I can say that enough times. You're important and your sleep is important. And if you get the sleep you need, your life is going to be better. If you don't have to dread going to bed, your life's going to be better. And that is important to me. One, because I've been there and I know how it feels. But two, because you deserve it. And I know 
your world will be a little bit more manageable and improve with some rest, with a bedtime routine. And that means our whole world is a better place to live in. And I know parts of me even say, nah, but I, it's true. It really is true. You're important and you deserve a place to rest. You deserve a bedtime you at least feel neutral about. If, if that's all I can provide, I've accomplished every, I mean, a lot more, you know, I've lived an imperfect life, but this is like, okay, well, that's not bad to accomplish. Making someone dread bedtime a little bit less. That's my calling because it's important. And because we've, we've all been there, everybody that's listening now, in the deep, dark night, uh, whether it's the daytime or the nighttime. So that's why I make the show. I just said that strangely, make the show. Uh, that's why I make the podcast. Uh, I don't know why. That was like a half baby voice because I guess I was feeling like very uh, soft. So I don't know if that's why I switched into that baby voice. I'm not trying to baby you. It's just the truth. Oh, and if you don't like the show, you already know. You say, you know what? You're you're uh, not my style. Totally cool, too. Sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you has other sleep podcasts and sleepy audio on there. That Maybe you can find something else that helps you fall asleep. So those are some things. The other things that throw new people off is the structure of the show. And the structure of the show serves a very specific purpose. But as you become a regular listener, you could readjust how you listen to the show. Uh, but, you know, there's only one way to send a podcast out. So uh, so the structure of the show. show starts off with a greeting. Uh, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and I say something silly or I try to reference some something witty and then I get mixed up. Uh, so you feel seen, you feel welcome, and you say, oh, the tone of the podcast is a little bit lighthearted, even though sleep's a serious thing. Then there's support. There's listener support uh, and there's support for the show. So because the goal of the podcast is to be a free podcast on any podcast app and come out twice a week. And that the sponsors and the patrons are what enable us to do that. Or the people that support the sponsors and and our patrons. So that's what comes next is like uh, sponsors, Patreon, and then listener resources and support and community resources and support. Because all those things are important and they're all interconnected. Then there's an intro. And sometimes when people are frustrated, they get the support and sponsor stuff mixed in with the intro. But they're two separate things. They serve two separate purposes. So the intro is kind of a show within a show. It's like 12 to 20 minutes long, which we're doing now, where I try to explain what the podcast is. I get mixed up. It takes me 10 to 20 minutes long. But it's where I can introduce a new person to the podcast, but also it's something familiar for the regular listener, but it's different every time. And I think that like helps us with our whatever overthinking or the parts of us that say, oh, this is uh, the same. If this intro was the same every time, I don't think this podcast would work for the most most of the people it works for. Because, it, it had, I don't know, I think we had just, for me at least, I need something different every time. Otherwise, my brain says, oh, here we go again with that bird tweeting. And then the frog will start a minute 45, 45 seconds in. So uh, th- that's part of what the intro is. The other thing the intro serves are why it's 10 to 20 minutes long. It naturally evolves because what I found is that, oh, wait a second, people, while there is a percentage of listeners that fall asleep right away, and there is a small percentage of listeners that skip the intro. 
And there is like a few thousand people that support the show on Patreon that listen to story-only episodes. For most people, what I discovered over the years of making the show is like the beginning of the podcast is part of the wind down in which fits in with all positive, uh, empowering sleep advice. Have a wind down routine. And so the intro kind of serves as a part of that. It's a, it's a, a landing strip or a buffer zone between your waking time and your sleep time. And so you could listen while you're getting ready for bed or while you're doing some sort of other unwinding, passive or mellow activity or while you're in bed getting comfortable. But the intro, you know, while it could put you to sleep, it puts people to sleep, and that's totally great. It can also serve as your time to get comfortable, to get cozy, and to kind of go through that twilight period. So, uh, yeah, just see how it goes. So, like, uh, that's the intro. Then there's more support for the show. Again, so it can be free and come out twice a week on every podcast app which is what my goal is, my current goal. So that's what the sponsor support enables. Then there'll be our story. Tonight it'll be, I think it'll be, because of the topic of this intro, it'll be the first episode of our new series, which doesn't even have a, a title yet. Uh, so that it's, that's cool. It'll be, it's going to be good. It's going to be our ongoing episodically modular new series. So there's that. Uh, and then... There'll be thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really, really glad you're here. Just see how it goes. That's all I can ask. I work really hard. I yearn and I strive. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thank you again for coming by. And here's a couple ways I'm able to do this for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. It's Scoots here. It's time for our episodically modular series. Uh, It's a new one. So that's very exciting. It's one we've never done before because it's a new series. Uh, I kind of have a working title that I talked about in the second intro because I recorded the first two intros already. Just how the workflow around the show works. Also buying time because I can't remember what the working title I came up with was. I mean, you could call it the big ones or the big emojis or big emojis are some of the titles uh, that may be featured in the uh, series. But it's a, it's going to be a tale, episodically modular, so you can listen. If this is your first episode, you're in for a treat, because if you listen to the other ones, and now you're listening to episode one, don't worry. This is going to be like one of those prequels. And this is really, uh, I'm really excited about this series. It's got, uh, it's got exposition. It's got speeches. It has tangents. It has ex- explanations. It has characters waiting for one another. It has solutions to worldwide events that, uh, involve dance steps and watching TV and eating cereal. So if you never thought you could save the world or a word by watching a cartoon, turns out uh, in this world, maybe there'll be a tangent explaining how uh, the backstory of that fact uh, be, you know, comes to be a part of the story, which may be a part of the solution we eventually get to. Uh, but uh, it's kind of stuff you could sleep through. Or you could lie in bed listening to it gently, 
Or if you need a break during the day, you could listen to it. That kind of stuff. Uh, you say, Scoots, will you be ta- talking and telling and not showing? And they said, I'll be showing you through the art of talk and tell uh, and speak. Uh, speeches will come in, a, well, I don't know, technically, monologues. Oh, boy, I'm piling on the monologues here. It's the season to pile. I got a pile of monologues uh, ready to go. And I also have a Hollywood announcer here ready to announce our new series, which is going to be interesting since uh, he was listening, trying to be quiet, but his clo- somehow, even in cloaked in velvet, uh, his smile still makes a noise uh, that like sound like an angel's wings tinkling. And I say, I don't know, is, am I hearing that in my head, or did the mic pick up that sound? Uh, they say every time an angel, every time an angel feels, every time Antonio Banderas smiles, an angel feels joy. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before. And then their wings tinkle to get, like, their, they get, like, here's the thing. When an angel hears him smile, turns out humans, we can hear other people smile, especially me. I can hear Antonio smiling among other things. Uh, but, you know, that's one of the things. They say, oh, boy, how'd you end up, what's the best part of being about it, being an angel? Well, there's a lot of hard parts, but when humans smile, we feel it, uh, particularly Antonio Banderas. We feel it so much. We have an involuntary body response of, you know, you know, toe-curling joy where our wings, because they, they like are contract and the two tips touch each other, which makes that famous tinkling sound. You may have heard, you know, during different transcendent experiences or in the movies. So without further ado, the man who probably puts a little dew on the backs of angels even, because I would think that would come with that experience, uh, is uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, thank you, Scooter. Friends beyond the binary. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for a new tale. A tale of giants walking the earth. Uh, Giant, big ones, big emojis. Uh, yeah. Thanks. That was great, Antonio. Really well done on, on uh, making that work. Uh, this is, that was Mr. Antonio Banderas, and this is Big Emojis. It's been so long since I've done one of these. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to put a date in here. And I do, like a lot of times when I've done diaries in the past, it's been for is this for me or for you? I guess is my question. But we're here. We're wait. We're waiting for. I'm waiting for you. The world's been waiting for you. And I guess like we were. Well, the world. Everyone was waiting for your arrival, but I'm waiting for your actual arrival. Post arrival, arrival. You know, first, uh, I, I guess it's, I don't know if it's irony. You know, it was a lot of discussion once we knew the exact time you would return. 
you know, whether to share that with the world or not, but then, you know, people could see it in the sky, just like a comet, uh, which, uh, I don't know, there's so many layers to this, uh, but, but people saw you in the sky and the world started to celebrate your return. And I'm here waiting, you know, you've already landed and uh, you've been escorted to our, uh, you know, secret location here. And that was the instructions you, you sent ahead and we debated about and... You know, this whole facility is uh, can still confusing to me as I wait here. But it, And I said, you know, there's a lot of discussion, not just my discussion. You know, whose insistence was this, yours or Planet Zipper's uh, instructions? But the clock is ticking. I mean, the clock is ticking for me because I have a lot to do and I'm waiting here to meet with you so that we can move forward and I have to fill everyone in on everything. But the bigger clock is ticking too for the big ones. But I guess I'm writing this uh, to you because I hope you're reading this in the future and you're looking at it with some sort of uh, smile uh, that you've returned here to Earth uh, with some secret knowledge or some secret thing, and uh, you changed the world. Uh, you kind of saved the world. So you're you're looking at this and you're reading this with that knowledge that you did that. You had volunteered so long ago, and now you've come back, and I have to hope that as I'm writing this, uh, it's helping me, and maybe it's helping you later. Uh, because I want that, uh, you know, I feel other feelings too. I feel like we're waiting for them to wake up. Uh, the world is, uh, on edge, you know, we're all a little bit on edge, uh, waiting for the big ones to wake up and there's doubt. Uh, why did we lose contact with the planet zipper after you departed? Do you have anything? Would you come? You know, there was all, but we know you're back. I know you're resting, getting washed up and coming to meet me any minute. So I guess this is helping me. You know, the plan is for you to come here to fill me in. I mean, I don't even, I gotta say, like, how long have you been asleep for on this journey? And that's one thing that was confusing to to us is that uh, Planet Zipper has all this ex, ex, extra technology. They're more advanced civilization, but they sent you back in the same ship you came in. That takes so much time to cross a space and, and that you had to rest. Why do things have to be cut cut so close? Uh, couldn't they have sent you on? Don't they have a ship they could have sent you on? They said they didn't. Or a way to get you across space faster. But that's healthy doubt, you know. We do need healthy doubt, uh, but I also need a healthy hope. Uh, so hopefully you're smiling as you read this. That gives me some confidence that you're reading this in the future and you're smiling, looking at me, writing it now. Picturing me with this mix of feelings, 
strong feelings, uh, you know, wanting everything to work out, not just for myself, but for everyone, everyone in my orbit that I care about and everyone, everyone everywhere. So the plan is you're going to brief me and then I'll bring, you probably don't even know uh, that now we have the CN, it's not the UN anymore. Cooperative nations, it's a bit of a, you know that my unofficial title is President of the World, which people thought, felt like was a joke, uh, but it's also not a joke, but it is a joke. Uh, technically, I'm the lead counselor of the cooperative nations, but they say, oh, that's President of the World. But everybody's going to be waiting here, and not just the CN, but all the Indies, uh, all of the groups, uh, including all those with the big ones, the people who strongly believe in them. And we don't have much time, but I hope you have something that we can all, I know that's not realistic, that most of us can get behind in that the world, not just the cooperative nations, but the Indies and some of those, I know we can't get everyone behind and working together. But we, we, you know, we've had, we need a common cause, but a common cause that actually works. But that doesn't cost us so much like the past ones have, uh, but, I, you know, I don't know. I'm also thinking about the clock because the awakening is coming and it just happens to be a spring awakening. I don't know if that's, does Planet Zipper have their own sense of history that the awakening is going to come in the spring? But, yeah, best case scenario for me that's realistic is uh, we learn what the plan is. You have a plan, of course, or some sort of uh, material or device or some secret knowledge. We implement that plan. We stop the big ones or whatever it is, uh, put them back to to hibernation, send them somewhere else. uh, You know, like uh, some had thought maybe Planet Zipper had an off-world solution and that's it. Then we save the, the world saved uh, from the big ones, at least. And then we get back, I guess, to, to the more hard work. I want to say the hard work, but this is hard work enough. Uh, but, yeah, we start to stabilize things without that looming presence of the big ones. So I'm looking at my clock and I'm looking at the messages coming in. So that clock you're approaching here. And the other clock is ticking. So I'm looking forward to meeting you, but I'm also looking forward to you looking back at this uh, with confidence and calmness and amusement uh, because things played out so well. All right. Well, uh, first impressions. uh, This is my second entry. I guess thinking about that, you're going to be reading this. we're listening to it, uh, that kind of clouds over what I would say, but I'm not known for, well, uh, what are my first impressions, uh, or where should I even start? 
So I should start with my first impressions of you. Like, you looked uh, tired, uh, obviously, but happy. Could also tell you were a bit starstruck, but also starstruck in a way. Uh, I don't know. You said you were really happy to see me. And I I know that's not projecting because you said she seemed like I was such a fan. But it seemed to be that you could just say that, like you had some sort of happy confidence. Uh, and that put me at ease. Uh, normally it would put me on guard, but I said, wow. And maybe it aligned with what I wrote earlier. And maybe this is m- my imagination or was uh, that you were going to make everything okay. So I guess I felt good at the time. My first impression, or my second, second within seconds impression was good, and, and I felt good, briefly, until you kind of started talking, uh, and you told us the plan. But that's getting ahead of myself, uh, because first... You probably want me to walk through what you asked. You said, hi, like uh, we had our greeting. We sat down. You were assured that we had our privacy and we walked through some of the protocols and, and some of the basics of what to expect next. But you already knew that because we had briefed you once you came into Kant, you know, anyway, you asked me to run through the whole history as briefly as I could from even before you left, uh, which I guess was understandable. I didn't know if you were serious or if it was just for a conversation or to put me in a certain place, but uh, you also had sent that in advance. So you said, do you want to go over the whole history point by point, uh, the whole history of the B1s uh, or the big ones? I think you said, uh, like, whatever they used to say, ELI-5 or whatever. Explain it to me like I'm five. Uh, And then you said, like, I've come from another planet uh, and have been asleep for a long time, but I have a basic understanding human dynamics. That caught my attention because I said, is that like a joke that fell flat or something else? And you said, okay, tell me just the important parts. And so I said, okay, well, you know, my team went through this. So we had fission technology, right? And uh, that fission technology brought conflict because it was used uh, in offensive ways or pre-offensive ways uh, to express dominance. And that's what caused the first contact. Uh, and then there was a fusion in Ivy Mike. Uh, and that brought more. Uh, and at first it wasn't, those two things weren't clear, but clearly uh, those two events and other events like it, we now see are causal or very related because after some of the accords we made and looking at it, I mean, we, I say, this was before I was even a twinkle, might even be before my, even my father was alive. But, you know, that was where they created the B1 Atoll and they created Ivy Mike uh, with that uh, 
their own sense of irony, and they buried it there. And that atoll B1 was so far away, uh, but they all went there, all of them that were walking the earth and, and swimming through the earth and flying above the earth, you know, stepping on cities and, 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 and causing chaos. They all went there to B1 Island. And they had buried my Ivy Mike in a machine that kept it running deep, deep, deep in the earth. Uh, and that stopped them for a time, along with the Accords, to say, hey, let's not do this. They stayed on the island, and uh, we tried, or, or, or history tried to, to, I don't know, how do you stop, what is it in a human being that... Uh, leads us to these choices sometimes, uh, the quest for innovation, some's quest for dominance, some driven by being afraid, uh, too. And, uh, things started to happen in secret. Things started to happen in the U S where I was from was particularly, it is to blame, you know, deep in secret, uh, even from my father, people that would have been, I don't know if you can stop these things, uh, these choices. We do have to deal with them. And uh, as I said, one of those secrets was hidden deep in the Nevada mountain, covered up by waste, which they weren't interested in. It was supposed to be a place to store waste. And they said, oh, well, the nuclear waste on top uh, doesn't seem to attract the B-1s. And so they hid that facility deep below that mountain where this spent material was supposed to be resting. And they worked there for some time uh, before it caught the attention, before, you know, we tried to keep renewing things and keep uh, the B-1s on B-1 Island. And then it happened, my father and I were elected to office, uh, the first father daughter uh it doesn't doesn't really matter uh but that was just the timing uh it's hard for me to separate that time and the timing and and my relationship with my father but uh, he did not know about any of that until well until one of the big ones came uh and approached and uh Everyone was trying to figure out what to do, what was the cause of it. A lot of the world instantly jumped to the correct conclusion that something was happening that was attracting uh, the the one of the B-1s. And, you know, our whole family was in California and lived there. And quickly as... Uh, as, 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 as my father found out the depth of what was happening in those labs, uh, what was being worked on, that there was some sort of fail-safe. Uh, and that though my father was not behind this research or the planning, he was the one tasked with making the call. And what we thought was a call, an expensive call to... Uh, what would result in Nevada and California uh, going away. And it had to be an instant choice. And my father knew uh, that uh, 
my mother and my other siblings were there in California, but that uh, if that that action had to be taken, and uh, no one was happy about it, uh, no one in the world was happy with the U.S. because of the choices that had been made. People in the U.S., uh, you know, we thought that uh, it had solved things and that uh, the B one B ones was gone. But uh, it wasn't the case. But then we got, not that long after that, uh, a message from Planet Zipper and a shipment from Planet Zipper. A craft landed, an automated craft. And this is where I'm really struggling because this doesn't add up for me. So, with what you've just told me, so... None of this adds up, so I'm really having trouble accepting and moving towards hope and moving towards action because of this. So we got uh, something from Planet Zipper, a message, you know, the big ones are going to return. It's only a matter of time. It kind of explains some, some things about their physiology and that Planet Zipper had tried the same thing, similar to Big One's Island, and using a device to, to keep them attracted there. And maybe even that uh, that it would eventually run out. Uh, but it also offered a short-term solution in a plan. Uh, So the, 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 while my father's uh, plan kind of worked, it, it didn't work for long. We thought the B1 of B1s was gone, but it wasn't long after that that they all started to depart uh, B1 Island, Big One's Island, and, and head off to the world. And that's when this message and this item arrived from Planet Zipper, and landed on the earth, uh, along with a warning, hey, we're sending something. I mean, I'm simplifying things, I guess, as you told me. And then we opened it, and we looked at it, and it had fallen on U.S. soil, so we felt like we had the rights to it, but my father... Well, I guess I have to take a little moment here uh, to think about things and, and how I can write more about this when I do have such a personal stake in it. Uh, so I'm going to take a minute to breathe here. So you think about my father, who is a hero, who was a hero before this, uh, who was a part of my life and someone I really loved and cared about, too. Okay, it's uh, I, need, I needed to take a break there. And I guess this is a recording, so you're listening to my audio diary just uh, moments uh, later, and it's not really that long after. Not sure where I left off. I think I was talking about my father and Planet Zipper and the big ones. Well, I know I was talking about those things. And uh, the technology from Planet Zipper and my father's heroism. I mean, first of all, my father had to make the hard choices we thought we dealt with the Grandiller, uh, and, uh, when my, when, when California and Nevada went into the sea, 
But that wasn't the case in worldwide. The other big ones uh, started to move uh, on other secret locations, but also it seemed that it was no longer fusion or fission that were attracting them, but other activities that could be classified as non-threatening, non-offensive power sources. So it was not, not a good situation, and my father used what was what they were working on the secret facility of ours with what I'm thinking, and now I, I just don't know anymore. I was under the impression that all of this was from Planet Zipper and that this, uh, this serum technology that my father used was from Planet Zipper. And he insisted on being the one to do it. I mean, my father's a very capable person, and he felt responsibility. He also, we had private conversations that I'm not willing to share with you, but we talked about this, and he said he was ready for me to lead, and he wouldn't be able to fulfill fulfill his duties as president, and... Not only did he need to do this, uh, and not only did he want to do it, but he he thought only he could, that uh, he had clarity of mission. Now, he also told me that, 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 well, where the technology and what my father used was not clear to me, it's still not totally clear to me. And I don't know how deep I can keep looking, but it did. This was when we we knew that uh, you uh, Planet Zipper had reached out to us uh, and made this offer. I guess in, my timelines are not clear, but uh, you told me to give you this as clearly and as quickly as you could, or I could. And I guess I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, yeah, I'm sidetracked. What can I say? But so. I'm having trouble separating everything, and I guess you'd say that's understandable. You probably look at me with a knowing smile and nod, and you use it to make the same points you were making about the actual solutions, which I still am not sure I can grasp or understand. But sticking with the historical points as I can recall them right now, and, uh, you know, maybe history's proving me wrong. But again, I hope you're listening to this in a way that says, well, all was well. Just like the famous, one of my favorite movies uh, about, uh, you know, Otter Things. Emma used to say, all will be well. So, okay, so there's a few different things. Father stepped down as president, uh at the time, it was in secret because people did not need to know what he was doing. Father underwent a change and became a big one. Uh, and that is one piece of history that's myth now, President Will Smith versus uh, Grandilla. But it really didn't happen that way. I may have already talked about this to you. I may not be remembering things clearly, but so... Father 
um, seemingly, in, in the myth's story, went to, to do uh, one-on-one with the, the Grand Diller. Be, be one of B1s. But it was really just a show. It was really just uh, to get Grand Diller's attention and uh, uh, to really get on Grand Diller's uh, radar or whatever, internal radar, internal, but also to get the other big ones aware to see if a father could uh, get them all back to the atoll, the big one's atoll. Or Big One's Island. It's an atoll, though, but it's really just a circular island. It's all an atoll is. Uh, or isn't an atoll just something pointing up of like from the bottom of the sea? I don't know. Not important right now. Clearly, I'm. I can be so. I, I can laugh at myself. But uh, Father stepped into myth into heroism by uh, getting them all back on the atoll. And uh, outnumbered, but it, it, it was all part of Planet Zipper's plan. Uh, and uh, some of this father filled me in on uh, before he turned things over to me, and some of it was I was told after because uh, I think he would have wouldn't. He, I don't think he would have. I don't think I would have been become president if I knew all this. Uh, but you and the rest of the team was sent to Planet Zipper uh, for a long-term solution. But Planet Zipper had reached out. Uh, uh, or, or, anyway, I guess uh, the timeline isn't super important. They reached out uh, the first time they reached out. Again, there's a lot of complications, especially here in the U.S. with trust and agendas. But... When father found out about it, uh, he said, okay, well, this looks like a solution. I believe we can trust Planet Zipper. We'll send the astronauts there and we'll implement this plan. We'll be ready to implement it. It wasn't like this just happened. Uh, You were all already on your way to Planet Zipper. And Planet Zipper had already said, if if the big ones, uh, they they warned us. They said the big ones will return, especially if you're dabbling about. Uh, I think Father found that confusing until so. They had a solution, uh, which was to the uh, whole Earth hibernation. Uh, it was some sort of uh, beam. Or we, I don't know. They said we wouldn't understand the technology and to not worry about it. Uh, but they had something that would put the whole Earth under hibernation, and the hibernation clock would start. Uh, there was agreed upon time, and I was only told this during the countdown and past a zero hour, which Father had already implemented. And even if I wanted to turn back or to change my mind, it wouldn't have made sense at all because it just wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have worked. Uh, uh, this plan seemed to sound. Father had got all the big ones back on Big One's Island. According to what Planet Zipper had told Father, this whole Earth hibernation would affect uh, all beings by size. 
Meaning, you know, we have some problems with some smaller beings now and their population growth. Uh, but that human beings, mammals, most mammals, we came out of hibernation at a much more rapid pace than the big ones who are still hibernating. But as I said, the hibernation clock is ticking down and it won't be long until they're estimated to begin awakening. And Earth scientists have kind of uh, pr- proven that uh, the clock is close. The, the, the timeline you gave us is close, uh, observing it on larger mammals. And uh, so, obviously, the whole, whole planet uh, has been concerned about this, and it's caused a lot of uh, upheaval, uh, waiting for the big ones to reawaken what are we going to do? It meant uh, changes in governance, uh, changes in belief systems, changes in how we treat each other. But for the majority of the people of Earth, uh, it did mean some sort of unity and bond. It did give us a common goal. And even though with the dissolution of most of the existing countries before, uh, there is, uh, much like the UN, the Cooperative Nations, or the Cooperative Nation, I guess, if you're using the old language and the old way of looking at things. But now that it's gotten closer and we don't have a clear solution, we've been awaiting your return. And everything we've theorized and everything we've worked on. It's been mostly, well, what can we do to mitigate? What can we do to defend ourselves? Where could we hide? Uh, and uh, how could, is there any way to work together with the big ones? Again, with the, the Ivy Mike idea of burying that below and, and doing that uh, and hoping that would work again. But knowing what we knew from the last time is that, uh, we needed some sort of long-term solution because it doesn't seem like coexistence with the big ones has ever been an option. And so that's where we were, I guess, waiting the return. Uh, it was a long time ago you left Planet Zipper. Again, like I said, I can't believe that uh, for a planet so advanced they'd send you back in the same ship at the same rate where you were sleeping. and. We were waiting, but I guess it fit with the timeline of the hibernation anyway. Again, we uh, we still don't know about much about Planet Zipper, and uh, we lost contact with them. And uh, they said that you're the only one returning. And you said you haven't seen the other members of your team in a long, long time, that you each went to a different station on Planet Zipper. So there was a lot of questions, but there was a lot of hope, too. A hope of some someone flying in from another planet and saving the world, like I said. Uh, uh, maybe you'd do the same thing you my father did, but in an offensive way and not as a distraction. And, and again... Or maybe we could have equal numbers uh, 
instead of just my father facing the big ones alone and uh, or turning the big ones, you know, get, get like some of the other myths. Oh, well, we could, you know, like some of those movies. Oh, this one loves humans. Or these two are arch enemies. And they do some disagreements on, they did have a lot of those uh, on big ones atoll. But in the end, we've been waiting for you. And you came back. I don't know. And uh, we thought that everything would be solved. Uh, And I guess uh, a little too, hopefully, we tried to temper our expectations that... uh, that it might not be a complete solution or there might be some sort of sacrifice. But what you've told me today, even though we've been implementing it in secret, I thought it was something, uh, the instructions from Planet Zipper, uh, I, uh, we followed them. But again, we there was other plans working, not just this one from Planet Zipper. And we thought it was more, I didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense. We thought it was a distraction, maybe to get us working. But you had us in secret set up an entertainment company with uh, cartoons and cereal and toys and podcasts and music, uh, all about the big emojis. Uh, all, all about uh, songs and feelings and dance. And it's very popular with the children of the world. It's translated and broadcast and produced in many, many different places uh, locally. The funding was there. Uh, I guess people would have been surprised that it was funded by the former U- United States and... Uh, and some other assets we've been able to acquire and that you pointed out to us uh, that we could find. But I guess we always thought of it as a distraction, something to give us, to keep our children busy, right? To to keep our children uh, balanced. Uh, Again, these things are about positive emotions and uh, feelings and expressing yourself through dance and song Traditionally, very popular topics anyway, and what you had offered uh, with these emojis, it wasn't really that different. And uh, so when I sat down with you, and after we went through this, and there was some time, and uh, you smiled, you sipped at your tea, and you laughed, uh, and you said, okay, well, listen, uh, can you give me back uh, what's the plan? Uh, and then you wanted to talk about how I was feeling and how I was feeling about talking about my father and talking about hope and, and what's next. And I didn't really want to talk about those things, mostly because I had other clocks that were ticking, other responsibilities and other people to report. The whole world was waiting. That's mostly why I didn't want to talk about how I was feeling, but you wanted to talk about how I was feeling to point me in a certain direction. 
And then you said, back up and let's talk about fission and fusion. And what do I feel about that? Or what do I think the world felt about that? What temperature? And I said, I don't know, cool, hot, uh, what do I feel in my body? I feel queasy. I feel trembling. What would you call those feelings related to, to, to fission or fusion? Uh, fear, tension, something much stronger than that. Uh, and you said, would you say they were scary? I say, yes, yes. Uh, on some level, they are scary. Uh, and uh, he said, well, even though you haven't been around in a time of fission or fusion off, used offensively, except uh, people trying to figure it out. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course, like, uh, it's a normal human feeling, right? Uh, and we talked about that. And he said, yes, this is a normal, healthy reaction. But I couldn't understand your point. I said to you, I don't, I'm not sure I understand what kind of point you're making. What are you, where are you going with this? Uh, and you said to me, the how does not matter. Can, can you, can you feel those feelings and say the how does not matter if how you're feeling is the why? And I really uh, was having trouble with other feelings because I was feeling frustrated because I did, wasn't sure if you were not good at communicating, you were being oblique on purpose, or I was in a place where I just wasn't hearing and understanding what you were saying. I mean, now, even a few minutes removed, I think I understood clearly what you were saying Maybe I just didn't want to believe it, so I couldn't, maybe, I I guess because I can't understand it. But luckily I said, could you say it to me in a different way? And you said, okay, how we're feeling about things, how we're feeling or how we've felt as a planet uh, dealing with fission and fusion and the knowledge of the consequences of those things, uh, maybe even deep down, you know, during the Cold War, during the WWs, or the, you know, he, you, you said, you, you know what I mean. Afterwards, uh, after the Cold War, it's, uh, those are strong feelings, right? You said it, uh, you said it to me, and you, you said, uh, that's the why. I just want you to think about that, that's why. And I said, that's why what? And I said, you'll see. You said, you said that to me. You'll see. But you have to set aside the how for now. But you, you, under, you might not understand why, why the why, but you understand what I'm saying. That if that's the why, then you could set aside the how for now. And again, we kept going back and forth. How did, what, how does this, uh, what does this have to do with anything? Uh, and then it hit me and I went silent in our conversation. And I said, wait a second, is your point here that uh, our feelings are attracting the big ones? Like uh, our feel, it's not the fission or the fusion. 
that are attracting that that are attracting the big ones. It's our feelings about the fission or the fusion that are attracting the big ones. You didn't say anything, but you didn't indicate uh, that it was affirmative or negative. Uh, and then I said, "So you're saying if we could not be afraid, if we could not be scared, if we could not be in a." Uh, resentful disbelief that people still go forward looking to use these offensively that the cost uh, and the costs uh, even before the big ones but now with the big ones involved uh, you're asking me not to feel those things you're telling me that if we don't feel those things the big ones won't come and you said no 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 you're close, though. You're very close. And he said, that's the why. And you have to set aside the how. And I said, the why is because we feel strongly about these things. So you're not saying it's an attraction. You're saying it's a manifestation that's not, again, I guess the how is not possible then. I mean, the appearance of every big one lines up with those changes in technology or each stage of development, another big one. But you're saying they're not attracted to the fission or the fusion, the radiation. They're attracted to the radiation of our feelings but then you're saying no it's not the radiation of our feelings that's attracting them it's the radiation of our feelings that's creating them that they're a manifestation a true concrete manifestation of our feelings but there's no way that's possible is what i said to you and you said again just for the time being set aside the how if you, and I said, I can't set aside the how and then conclude that it's true because it's impossible. And I said, that, like, uh, you're asking me to set aside the how to believe that the big ones are a manifestation of our very, very real and understandable feelings, uh, yeah, I don't know how to make any sense of that. Uh, I said, uh, I said, I, I, and you said, okay, here's another thing. I want you to close your eyes and breathe for a second and just pause. And when you think about the Grand Iller or you think about the big ones, the sounds that they make, uh, the way they move through space, uh, I mean, I don't mean outer space, I mean, as they go through a city, or the first time you saw the Grandeller in person, what other feelings, other than the ones that are aligned with what we're talking about, did you feel? I said, like, unreality, awe, wonder, surprise, shock, and you said, right, uh, 
Like it's, it was a surreal experience, but an experience of awe and wonder, but also surreality because of all your time on earth and all of your understanding of human history, history of the planet earth, all species, uh, you don't have a frame of reference, so it seemed impossible to you, even though you were witnessing it in the moment. And even though you know the history inside and out, you have a personal connection to it. Even seeing it and being there, it seemed impossible. Like, uh, how could this be? And I said, yeah, this is so... You're telling me that our feelings are causing the big ones, creating the big ones. Even though we haven't had a new big one in uh, maybe 22, I'd have to check the facts. Uh, so what's our plan to just unmanifest our feelings? Uh, like uh, if what you're saying is true, wh- what do we even do? What is the plan? If our feelings are magnets and creators, and you said, well, you can't not feel, right? Uh, when you don't feel, you feel it even stronger. Uh, and then we got into it, and you took me down another rabbit hole of like, oh, wait a second, is those repressions, uh, when we were repressing those feelings, uh, was that was manifesting the, the, the big ones. And I almost bought into it for a time. And then I realized I had to present this. Uh, we had no plan. Uh, and he said, don't worry, we have a plan. And I said, so you, what you're saying is that these big ones, in some sense, if we put aside the how and the why, they just appear out of nowhere because of our feelings. And you said, no, 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 you're getting caught up in the how. And maybe you should focus on the what, what we should do. That's what I'm trying to get you focused on. And I said, what do you mean? And you said, well, okay, so if the big ones are manifesting from our feelings, then we should what? Uh, And I said, stop our feelings, hide our feelings, change our feelings, lessen our feelings, block our feelings. And I went on and on and on, and I got more and more frustrated. I said, yeah, you're having some strong feelings about this. I said, yeah, this metaphor is not doing it for me. And you said, okay, what if there's two things that are true here, even with no matter what we're saying, but uh, our feelings are manifesting the big ones. And having feelings is normal. It's healthy. It's rational. It's an essential part of being human. And being human on the same planet as big ones is going to have even more feelings. The feelings are important. And I said, okay. And you said, but those aren't the only things we feel. Those feelings about the big ones or about fission or fusion, those aren't our only feelings. Uh, and again, if we set aside... The why, why haven't our other feelings manifested something? Or can our other feelings manifest someone? What if I knew that they could? 
And then the time was up. We were interrupted, and uh, I had to buy us some time so we could sit down. And I know we're going to talk again soon, but for now, I have to lie down. You said, well, I guess it's time for both of us to get some rest. Uh, and I just have to lie down and clear my uh, my mind for a little while before I make this presentation. And... Uh, I guess I'll say that you're still recovering from your travel across space, uh, but that you do have a plan. I don't know what I'll say, but I do need to rest for the time being. And then again, I know I have to... Why did I say I know? I know you're listening to this, and I know... You might have strong feelings too now, but I hope those feelings are generous ones. Uh, and you're smiling. Maybe you looked up a image of the smiling Emma Otter saying, "All will be well," because that makes me feel good uh, right now. <laughs>